Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Oh, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And welcome in to Vikings Ventline, presented by Surly Brewing Company and our friends at TCL. If the football on your TV screen was ugly tonight, don't kill the messenger. It's not TCL's fault. TCL is uh, one of our big partners here. You can support us by supporting them, and they have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. It is a, I believe it's officially now a 17-9 to Vikings victory. The Bears snuck a touchdown in there at the last second, but... Uh, A dominating defensive performance by the Vikings, and the Vikings go into a place, Soldier Field, that they rarely win. They put on a show for the national audience, Judd Zolgad and Declan Goff, and get back to 500, a celebratory victory for the Minnesota Vikings. Let's do it. Come on now. Here we go. Vikings, 7-7. and You go. No? What's wrong? Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. What's wrong? Where where do we start? (laughs) Oh, what's wrong? <laughs> what do you mean? It's a, it's a it's a nationally televised victory. They oh, held the they held the the Bears to single digits offensively. Yeah, they're back to five hundred. I don't know yeah. what I don't know what 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 could have been. What wasn't pretty about that entire game? The Chicago Bears. Yeah. It's a primetime yeah. victory for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirky Mc Kirky Mc primetime. Eighty-seven yards passing, lowest yeah. total of his career in a single game. <laughs> That's impressive. All right. Well, this is Vikings vent line, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure Bears fans are also going to have uh, a similar vibe on whatever their version of that's Ventline a whole nother is. issue. Yeah. yeah, like like they're they that team is so bad that <laughs> I don't even know, man. With them, I would just check out. Well, uh, this show is all about you guys, the fans, and so we're eventually going to turn it over here in a couple minutes to uh, to all of you. If you want to get on the show here, if you want to be uh, a guest listener with uh, this therapy session we're about to put on, you can email vikingsventline at gmail.com, and Declan will get you in the queue. But let's start with Judd. What's the, the biggest takeaway from this 17-9 to victory by the Vikings oh. over the Bears tonight? Uh, thank God for football incompetence, and football incompetence resides in Chicago uh, with a team that um, actually played a pretty good game defensively, but a stupid defensively. Um, the offense, which I know had issues, in fact, the Bears had, had uh, COVID problems on both sides of the football, 
was absolutely atrocious, though, the play calling. Matt Nagy is auditioning to be fired every week. He's like bagging the Bears after games. Hey, was that bad enough to fire me? Was that bad enough for, for me to be fired in season, which has never happened to a Chicago coach before? And the Bears are like, no, 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 dude, we're good. We're good. You're sticking around. Um, that thing, top to bottom, was awful. And that game was awful. The Bears are unbelievably atrocious they are just god awful they were so bad that the announcers fixated on how bad the bears were and ignored the vikings and said stuff like oh the vikings you know i mean they came to play tonight and stuff it's like yeah really um that god forsaken tornado siren that the bears now play constantly Hmm. while the offense while the while the opposing offense is out there is awful the ESPN telecast, as far as I was concerned, was terrible. Like, did they like? Oh, you! I actually, I actually kind of loved it. They were like, te- they were like teeing off on their on the Bears and stuff. It was uh, weird, but it was very odd. It was yeah. sort of like it was sort of like they met for production purposes and were like, "This game's going to be really bad. What should we do? Let's have pizza shipped in to do a segment that we're e- eating pizza. <laughs> I got sausage. Yeah, it was the whole thing. We're gonna the need whole... something to wash this down like, with. I spent I starting Saturday night. I watched parts of or in the entirety of every game I think played uh, during the course of the weekend. Um, aside from Sunday night when I caught the end of the game because I watched most of the Wolves game. Um, I think this is the worst game I saw. Like, I think this is the worst football game I saw. I mean, the game before this was really bad, too. The Browns and Raiders was... It was was awful. Maybe not quite as... I don't think it was as bad. I would say my main takeaway is that the the entire country was watching that game thinking, "What what, what am I watching? What is this? But I just want to let all of America know that that is how almost every Vikings Bears game at Soldier Field goes. There's blocked punts and kicks mm-hmm. and weird calls, and it's a struggle to get to 20 points. It's ugly. Uh, usually one or both quarterbacks play like absolute garbage. I mean, that was pretty much every Vikings-Bears game at Soldier Field in my lifetime, and I was born in the mid-1980s. My secondary takeaway is that may have been the most embarrassing referee performance mm-hmm. I've seen all season. Oh, they were ter- yeah. Everyone was. Awful. Oh my god, those guys were in over their heads. They were just terrible. And a lot of the calls benefited the Vikings. Uh-huh. So I mean, think about this, right? The Vikings offensively in a game in which the Bears were starting practice squad players up and down their defense and secondary. Mm-hmm. Now, Akeem Hicks is not a practice squad player, and he thoroughly dominated Mason Cole and the Vikings offensive line. But the Vikings went in. They got Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins. You got K.J. Osborne and four backups playing in the Bears secondary. And the Vikings averaged, and by the way, also Dalvin Cook, like Dalvin Cook was, they were feeding him the ball. The Vikings averaged three yards per play offensively and still almost won this game by two touchdowns. So congratulations, Bears. You are a joke. And congratulations, Vikings. You found a way to claw back to 500, and you got a chip chair and a chance to snag that seven seed. And get yourselves into the They're in it right now. Yeah, yeah until we'll see what tomorrow night. They're... If Washington if Washington wins, the they Vikings can bump it. down. If, if Philadelphia, the Eagles win, Vikings are seven. The Vikings seat. stay in the seventh seat. God <laughs> help us. Amazing.
Uh, Dex, your uh, your main takeaway, and then we'll uh, turn the show over to the fans. You know how when uh, you've had too many drinks, and and there's that one friend that helps you get to the bathroom to possibly either you know make sure you don't puke all over yourself, or you know maybe they hold your hair back if you're a good friend and you got long hair. I I need one of those moments uh, after tonight, and not because I've been drinking a lot. Full disclosure, that's not what I've been doing. But that was one of the most ugliest displays of football I have ever seen. This game inspired me. Gave me no inspiration to think that the Vikings could actually be able to make some noise and make a run uh, in the postseason. Like even with the Rams coming in on a five-day break, like unless this officiating crew is coming to Minneapolis, that's the only way I see the Vikings possibly beating the Rams at home the day after Christmas. So it was an ugly game of football. This is how those games go. I agree with Mackie. Even in my short lifetime, there's never really been just a normal, clean ass-kicking display that the Vikings have put on at Soldier Field before, but just a very uninspiring game where the Vikings essentially puked down themselves the entire game. So, And also a shout-out to Kirk Cousins, all right? Kirky McClutcherton with his second Monday night football victory. He came into last year with zero Monday night football victories. He's now got two of them, both against, I believe, the Chicago Bears in both like of that. them. So congratulations like that taste. to the franchise, like Kirk Cousins. You like that? You like that? Um, a shout-out to our friends at uh, Chill Boys. If you're a coach on a hot seat, let us recommend Chill Boys to keep everything comfortable down there. Uh, and during these cold weather months, the long underwear is a great, great choice. Oh. All around. Okay. Very Exquisite. Exquisite would be my word for the Chill Boys Long Johns. The most comfortable underwear you're ever going to find. Chillboys.com, Minnesota-based company. They're one of us. You can support uh, Chillboys.com. Maybe a nice little uh, little holiday gift for somebody here over the next week or so. If you're watching us on the Score North or the, uh, I should say, Purple Daily YouTube channel, thank you. Please click subscribe and the like button helps spread the word about this daily Vikings entertainment and therapy that we're about to embark on here. Mackie, Judd, executive producer Declan, let's uh, let's turn it over to the fans here. This show is all about you guys, the most fan-friendly, interactive show in Minnesota sports. Vikings win, but it was hideous. Who's first? Let's go to Wyatt. Wyatt, what's up, man? Kick us off. What is up, guys? What's up, Wyatt? Where are you you calling from? I'm calling from Orlando, Florida. All right. And uh, I've been listening to you guys for a long time now, so it's cool to be on, but... uh, yeah, I've, I went to the Packers-Vikings game this year, and it's just kind of crazy, like, the two different teams you can get this year. It's so weird. Like, I just don't understand. I get that it's Soldier Field, so, you know, it's good to get the win, even if it's ugly, but I don't know. It's just – I guess it would be the most Vikings way possible to win a Super Bowl with a team like this, though, maybe if that somehow happened. But um, – yeah, what do you guys make of these types of games? Like, is it should we be happy about this or should we just be kind of like, well, I don't really know. Like, I'm just so confused by this team. <laughs> I, I'll let I'll let Judd go first. Try to answer. How should fans feel right now? Happy would not be the word I'm thinking of right now. Um, tonight's game was especially atrociously bad. Like, like not all of the close games have, have been bad games. Um, right. they, they've been close, but I mean, there, there's been some um, intrigue. This was just like, I, I mean, the Bears, every time, every time it felt like the, the Bears got inside the 20, they were done. I mean, it, it was, it was so predictable. So 
I would say this. I would say that tonight launched what is probably a situation where because of how the tiebreakers and stuff are going to fall, that the Vikings now have to win three more, which is going to be extremely difficult. So so I'm glad they won tonight because it keeps intrigue. Uh, but, like, I wouldn't, like, say that there has to be a way that, that you should feel about this game beyond <laughs> the fact that they did win. It's not like, oh, man, this is a building block because it's not. Right. Um, but, but it does. But it does, guys. Um, it's a nice win in that sense, that, that it keeps it going. And that's more fun than they lost. And now they're basically dead for sure. Right. Should fans, sure, sure. I think fans should feel like I think you should pour a stiff cocktail. I think you should draw a nice <laughs> warm bath tonight. And uh, that eat sounds pretty good. <laughs> um, one one quick thing too. I don't know if anybody else has said it, but especially since Judd started uh, doing the Livia thing, he kind of has a resemblance to Kirk Cousins a little bit. Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! Okay, aging, aging Kirk Cousins. Hey guys, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be Kirk. Thanks Make sure he's in shape. <laughs> if, if that's the case, we need Judd to keep his helmet on for the entire show and clench his teeth for about three quarters of it. <laughs> just look, dude. Seriously. Okay, at the end of the game. Okay, so the you know whatever. Like, so you, you didn't perform well offensively. They kept showing Kirk Cousins at the end of the game, and if you had no context for what the score was, it looked like they were getting pounded forty-one to ten or something. Yeah, but he put a crazy. smile on. Man, who cares? Okay, you threw a pick. You, you didn't put up the stats. Who cares, the play dude? calling too. The play calling is just baffling sometimes. I'm just like, what are we doing? It was like they were surprised Akeem Hicks is good. Yeah, it's like, I know. oh wait, he just, he forklifted Cole again. Really? <laughs> like at some point in time, Akeem Hicks, like Akeem Hicks, I can tell you right now, it's really good. At, and if he plays, it, he's really tough. So That's like okay. at least you get at least you get a reprieve next week though you get a, you get a nice get and, uh, reprieve like, Wyatt thanks yeah. for coming on man Appreciate yeah thanks for having me yeah man see why should should we call him and hey Aaron Donaldson hang up well what are they I mean what are they supposed to do like what, what about like, Akeem Hicks double, besides like find a free agent him, guard that's better than Mason Cole Lee Udo and Garrett Bradbury have some they they can never they never figure out adjustments at all that's my concern offensively they never figure out I mean you've got to have a plan going into chip block a little bit more like Tyler Conklin is going out for a pass how about Tyler Conklin keeps his ass in and helps block <laughs> Like that's what you're supposed to to do. They they don't have. It's very odd offensively. I will contend this. I don't think they have answers a lot of times for things that a lot of teams at least can address better. They also reverted in the in the first for sure the first half. They reverted back to where's Waldo with Justin Jefferson, yeah. where they had now in the second half. When they when they got a feel for how bad the Bears' offense was, like then they just said whatever. Who cares about like targeting Jefferson? Just <laughs> just run, run the ball. Let's just yes. get out of here. This is terrible. And we're not going to lose the lead. Dominating. You're right. But but in the first half, at one point, they had run like twenty five offensive plays, and I believe it was three or four targets for Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And the Monday Night Football crew is trying to figure out like, you know, why, you know, why aren't they more explosive offensively? And said, so, well, here's what's going to happen. They showed this play, you know, like one of the first plays of the game. And it was Jefferson on the right side of the line of scrimmage. He goes out for a route and uh, the cornerback kind of passes him off to a safety. They were sort of bracketing him and they, they, they made sure that two guys were covering his route basically. 
And by the way, two guys who were our backups, and I think one was on the practice squad, if not both. But but they were saying, I mean, listen, if that's what if that's what the Bears are going to do all night, the Vikings are going to have to find some other targets. You're, you know, you're going to have to find the CJ Hams yeah. and the Tyler Conklins. And I'm like, well, I mean, if that's checkmate, it doesn't matter who the defensive players are. If they're fresh off the practice squad, or if they're backups, or if they were six round picks thrown into the fire, if they're just warm bodies, and you bracket. Justin Jefferson, it's checkmate. Right. It's oh god, what are we supposed to? Oh no, oh god, I heard the double team. What are we yep. supposed to do? That's it. That's <laughs> it. Can't do a thing about it. We're done. The thing that the thing that I don't get though, uh, to go back to to Hicks play, and, and I mean Hicks is a bleeping fun guy to watch. What I don't get about that though is they know for a fact. Like point one is this: if Kirk gets pressured he internally starts to collapse. Like he mentally just is, is like, what? I can't do this. So like, you know, yeah. that. so like, you know, the second that you don't keep help in and that Akeem Hicks literally at, I saw him twice, pick Mason Cole up and just move him like towards Kirk. He like threw him towards Kirk. Um, you know, if you allow that to happen, you lose Kirk. That's what I don't get. Like you watch film, you played Hicks a lot. How do you not know if Akeem Hicks causes the disruption that we think he's going to potentially cause? Kirk is a lost cause. Because, like, that's the starting point of, okay, I'm done here. Like, you've got to find a way to get some, to get some help inside there to at least make Kirk, at least give him the perception of being safe. Yeah. And I do mean safe. I think that was statistically the worst game of his career. From a yardage standpoint, it was. It was. He's never yep. started a game and thrown 87 yards. Correct. He also averaged three and a half yards per attempt. But you know what? This was well, one of those games going in that yep. you just the stats really don't matter. Just find a way to get a W. And then, and then you know, I think wins are a lot more important than box scores. I know it's a shock to the Cousins no. Crusaders out there. But no, this is one of those games that you can't be as ugly as it was. You can't sit there and complain about, look at all the great numbers Kirk Cousins puts up and his teams don't win games when it was flipped around tonight. Like the, yep. You'd rather take this result and a bad box score than the other way around. So, mm-hmm. all right, who is next on Vikings Ventline? Let's go to Jake. Jake Stern, he's ready to get on. Jake, what's up, man? Where are you calling from? Welcome to Ventline. Uh, St. Louis Park. Jake, right next door to me. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. All right, the call's not- coming from inside the house. Yeah. yeah. Jake, I'm in your house. Hello, Jake's in the living Jakey. room. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. There's nothing positive that came from tonight's game. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just livid. This is like one of the worst games I've ever watched. Okay, besides the uh Josh Freeman game. Was that his name? The QB from like 2013. That, <laughs> yeah, was, that, was, that was horrific. We're not gonna talk about that one. That was also my um, game, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's terrible. We're not gonna talk about that. But oh my goodness. Like everyone, everyone that just had anything to do with this this game tonight just needs to be fired. The announcers need to be fired. The refs need to be fired. The entire O-lines on both teams need to be fired. The coaches have to be fired. Everyone's fired. Like, we play the sound of a fired everyone. I don't uh, even sorry. care. I got your back. Is- <laughs> I sat here. My TV stopped working because it was so bad. I spent 15 minutes trying to fix it, and it finally worked. Like, it's probably because I don't have TCL. That's my bad. Exactly. Um, but, oh, my goodness, I could not get over this game. And then you got, like, Dalvin Cook, who can't run over, his, like, his own feet. He just keeps stumbling to the line. He 
brutal. Kill me. Kirk Cousins can't even run for a first down when getting afraid of getting hit and misses it by about an inch. And then all of a sudden we're at midfield and Mike Zimmer decides, oh, we got a 54-yard field goal up by 14. Got a quarter left. Let's punt. I know they haven't moved the ball, but, you know, yeah, 14's enough. We've, we've seen this before, right? Ah. I mean, it worked out today because, like, apparently I, I don't even know what they're doing over there in Chicago. That might have been, like, the worst. Dude, any, any other team in the league beats the, the Vikings by 10-plus points. Oh, my God. Like, the, 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 bear, the, 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 no, dude, the Bears and the today. Jets. The Bears and the Jets are the only. Jackson, and Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yeah. Jacksonville wouldn't have beat you. Yeah. It, Oh no, Jen! You never know. I don't know. The Jets might have actually. The Jet, the Jets could have. Oh my God, you're right. But I think I think another reason why people are having a hard time processing this is because it was such an anti-Vikings. Like usually when Kirk plays like garbage, the Vikings yeah. lose, and they won tonight. Usually when there's like six egregiously bad calls, five or six of them seem to go against the Vikings. And tonight it was like, oh wait, a Bears player breathed on a Vikings player, 15 yards. Okay, that's weird. That's weird. That's that usually that's what the Packers usually have every single week, right? So I think like it was frustrating and maddening to watch because the Vikings look so bad, but also like you're not used to the Vikings winning games that look like that too. So it's just kind of like we were complete garbage, but Chicago was the garbage of our garbage. So I mean, it worked out yeah. in the end. And then I can tell no, Jefferson was just getting frustrated out there. There was that second and seventeen play where Kirk tried to throw it to him and he was triple covered. And they end up getting tipped and thrown out of bounds. He just he just ran out of bounds. Didn't care that it was third and seventeen. Left the left the left the field altogether. He was done. And I was done at that point too. Like oh, and one of my last comment. I'm sorry, I'm taking up a lot of time here. But the halftime report from the broadcasters, Zimmer was like, you know what? We're not running the ball enough. We're gonna run it, run it, run it. And then the whole second half was just first down run, second down run. Is it third and three? Oh, that's just that's just run. We're not going to even try to throw. I just keep it going. Nothing's going to happen here. Oh. It was hilarious, dude. Jake, thanks know. for jumping on here. Painful. I love thanks it when for me. Jake's awesome, man. Jake's been on before. Not it wrong. is hilarious. Like of all the things you're thinking, all right, so all right, we're going to get the halftime report. Like of all the things to be pissed about, to yep. to look back on. Yep. Like where on your list was we need to pound the rock more. Like what? <laughs> you know the scary oh, thing about this game. There and this is so rare. I don't think there was ever a moment because I I got tweets saying that this, but I don't think I ever felt like they're going to blow this thing. I didn't think that they were capable because Chicago was not. There was never a second where I thought, "Here come the Bears." It flashed in my mind when the like with like six minutes left when the Bears got into the red zone for the ninth time. Couldn't do <laughs> or it. Whatever it was. I mean, and... it was so helpless. And I kind of thought, like when uh, when when Jimmy Graham bobbled that ball, that Patrick Peterson and Jimmy got a Graham like, so oh. checked out. Jimmy Graham don't give a bleep. Just Jimmy Graham's like, I didn't catch it. Darn. Guess I'm going golfing tomorrow. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to Florida right. tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Who who's go. next? Vikings Ventline. Let's go to Eli. Eli, what's up, man? You're on Ventline. Where are you calling from? South Dakota. Okay. What's going on, dude? Um. You know, this has been the most meaningful love-hate relationship of my entire life. I love these guys. I hate these guys. But it's the longest relationship I've ever had. They never let me down. <laughs> um, I really think the refs deserve this one for us, don't they? 
<laughs> forget the coaches, forget the players, give these refs a trophy. Aside from taking Kendricks out, I was pretty happy with the way the refs called the game. Yeah, the, I love too that like at one point Matt, I think Matt Nagy tried to get ejected about four times, but at one point he stomps over, he chews that ref out, holds the red challenge flag, and then spikes it at the guy's feet, comes back, and that was after he got a fifteen yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Matt was Nagy was, was Matt Nagy was feeling himself, man. He's like, I don't care anymore. I, I know I'm getting fired. I'm going to get my money's worth here. It's like when a, it's like when a manager gets ejected in baseball and says, "I'm going to steal second base." And uh, you know, and like, and like, take a piss on the umpire's hat or something. Oh, it would have been great if you would just well grab the football and ran out of the stadium. You know, <laughs> and I just also want to mention Smith Marset catching yeah. his first career touchdown. Congratulations, to that rookie! It's like, mm-hmm. it was good, just great to see him out there today. It's just too bad that you had to have COVID and injury make that happen. But yeah, I'm, I hope we get a lot more out of him. Eli, awesome. thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, Hang in there. There's always ups and downs in relationships. Okay, you know the Vikings. You might just need just to gotta go find to the right one. You go to therapy a couple extra yeah, sessions. Go to therapy. A lot of and find downs. Right one. A lot of That's downs do. in this one. A lot of downs in this one. And I agree with Eli. Okay, there is a silver lining here in that uh, Smith Marset scored his first career touchdown and uh, scored me a uh, touchdown in write that down. You had a couple touchdowns, I think. That's right, a couple tuds. Told really? you, Kirk Cousins would stay mm-hmm. under 200 yards passing. Couple touchdowns. Thought about saying under down. 150 just to even go further, but yeah, that would have been have the guts. Oh yeah, I once tried to tried to will in the no points in the second half or uh, or in the final two minutes of the first half or regulation, and both those uh, points were allowed. We had a field goal in the final two minutes of the first half and a touchdown in the last play of the game. So the Vikings still have that going for them. Very very active. It's an impressive streak of points. It is. Them. It's incredible. I mean, it's it's, it's incredible. They are really really terrible. At the All end right. Of the Who's next? Vikings vent line. Let's go to Ian. Ian, what's up, man? You're on vent line. Where are you calling from? Mankato. Go Mavericks. So, All right. Let's get it. I just I was at last week's game against Pittsburgh, and I told myself this week, I'm like, there's no way they can, they can, you know, make it any worse than what they did last week because that was just terrible. But they did. I just don't understand. We pay Kirk how much money, and he only throws 87 yards. We we don't we can't forget this is a prime time game, we're we're on national television. He only throws eighty seven yards. I I just I can't explain it. I don't understand. This team just does not make any sense. I I don't want them to go to the playoffs. I think they should miss. If they miss, I think that's Zimmer's gone. I want Kirk gone. Spielman might go. I I just don't see any any hope for this team this year at all. Yeah, Ian. I think so. Joe, what do you? Is there a scenario in which Spielman, Zimmer, and Cousins are all back? Like, what has to happen in the next two months for all three of those oh, guys? I, Not for, for my, what you would do, for what the yeah, Wilson would do. No, I think I think the Vikings would would have to win at least a playoff game. Um, I, I think there would probably, for all three to be back, I think that they, they would have to make a playoff run of some sort, which I don't see. Um, again, I like the theory that, that Mike is going to be gone, Rick is going to be kicked upstairs, because I don't think they'll fire Rick. But I do think that, that there would be a chance um, that Rick gets kicked upstairs and, and then the new administrative staff would at least help make a decision on Kirk. But I would I would urge fans this because tonight was a debacle. I mean, it's just embarrassing to watch. It's terrible. Uh, but I would urge fans, don't tie yourself necessarily to, to well, I wish they, they had lost so that, that Mike would get fired because I'm pretty convinced 
short of a miracle of some sort, Mike is gone. And so what I would say is for, for these last four games starting tonight, enjoy the comedy. Um, and, and the fact that they won keeps, keeps the, the sitcom going in, in some ways. Cause it's, cause now, you know, you're, you're going to, they played the Rams and they're still going to be a chance. Like, this, You're saying season about, season nine didn't get renewed, but season eight right. still has three episodes, season, maybe four. We'll the see. Series finale <laughs> of the Zim years are going on right now, and just enjoy them because why not? Like like it's become, it's so interesting to watch like how this team finds ways to lose and win games, which which is which is a real compliment because ordinarily it's how do you find ways to lose games, but with this team it's like they won like that. But I think short of a miracle that, that there's going to be significant changes. So don't tie yourself up into knots, say, because they won tonight. I don't think the win tonight does a thing to bring Mike back. And there's no way that anybody who knows football watched that game and thought, well, the Bears are bad. But I'm impressed by the Vikings. There is no I, way that you're thinking that you were impressed by the Vikings. I want to ask Ian. So, Ian, because you, you started your call by – just being frustrated about Kirk Cousins throwing for 87 yards in a, a three-hour football game. And this comment on the screen, I'm seeing a lot of this, too, on my Twitter feed here from Sizzleman. The Kurt stands will blame the offensive line for lack of production today. And the offensive line definitely got their butts Destroyed handed to thing. them by Akeem Hicks. But I think, and I'll ask this to you, but I think what happens is offensive line plays poorly and therefore, like, everything else is rendered irrelevant in the world of Kirk that, Oh, Oh, there's pressure. And therefore like it's checkmate. There's no, nothing else positive can happen. Kirk is no longer expected to do anything or rise above it or find a way to fix it or get quicker or whatever it is in his progressions. It's Oh, there's pressure. Therefore exoneration. Right? So what do you like, Ian, you know, offensive line was terrible, but what, you know, what does that mean for Kirk in your mind? Honestly, I mean, you know, Mason Cole gave up a pretty bad uh, sack. I don't remember what quarter it was, but he pretty much just stood there and watched Akeem Hicks tackle Kirk. So, I mean, yeah, it's not entirely – it's not just the line's fault because when the line is good, Kirk still wasn't making great throws, and he was overthrowing receivers. And a couple – like when he threw that first pass to Tyler Conklin, went straight over his head. And it just doesn't – you can't blame the line for his passes. And – I mean, I guess it also could boil down to the play calling, but, you know, Kurt just works here. Yeah, exactly. he, he, It's not his fault. He just works here. Yep. yep. Ian, thanks for coming on, dude. Good Thank stuff. You. Appreciate it. What the hell happened on the Kirk pick at the end or near the end, I should say, of the second quarter? What happened there? Because I know he was supposed to throw to Jefferson, Weird. and I know Jefferson was held and basically thrown down, but... Phil, the, the screenshot that you sent me, Kirk has the ball in his hand mm-hmm. as Justin Jefferson's on the ground. Yep. So and, and he yeah. still threw it. So yeah, Jefferson. By the way, that was one of like seven ridiculous calls or no calls by the refs. Oh, I mean, terrible. Jefferson was tackled ten yards off the line of scrimmage. It should have been a penalty, and uh, and he was on the ground. And Kirk, Kirk hadn't even like motioned into his throw. He was right. on the ground for a beat at least. And then Kirk, I think, I think Kirk lost Jefferson in the shuffle, but didn't know that he was on the ground and thought, okay, like he's just breaking loose from 
you know, whatever. Like I, there was like two or three defenders there. He's breaking loose. I'm going to throw the ball toward that safety because that's where he's going to run in that direction. He'll make the play. And I kind of feel like halfway through Kirk's arm going forward, he realized what was happening and took some juice off the ball because he, because he wasn't sure. He's like, this is just my interpretation. I don't think he realized Jefferson was on the ground when he threw it. I think he thought, oh, he's in traffic. I'll throw it. He'll, he'll break loose and catch the ball. And then as the ball's coming out of his hands, sort of he's thinking, oh, crap, he's on the ground or he's not flashing open. And so he, and, you know, because there's nothing he could do at that point. If he tries to tuck it, the ball comes out anyways. So I think he just tried to float it. <laughs> I, I think he know. short, I think he sort of short circuited. Like he's I kind of a, he's a robot quarterback. I would buy, so. the, I would buy that more. It yeah, was like, super weird. Wouldn't it I'd be more. That. Like if if obviously there wasn't people around, but just to throw it immediately towards Jefferson's like feet, like to to draw it or more. At that point, would it have been uncatchable? Like I just don't understand what what would be the well. Idea it doesn't need to be to catchable it if it happens before the ball's in the air. It yeah. would have been it would have been holding. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some people in the comments and even during the game saying, well, maybe he thought it was such an obvious penalty, right? That he just threw the ball up, thinking, well, now it's a free play. It doesn't even matter. Right. Like I'll throw the ball up and the flag will come out, and it didn't. Um. I don't know. It was weird. Just curious. It was such a Kirk play. It's like it's one of those stuff. weird plays that like. Yeah. I was only, supposed to throw the ball, oh, Phil. Only... <laughs> I was I was told to throw the ball there. I was told that he was going to be there. That's yeah. all I know. Yeah, it was weird. All right, Vikings vent line. If you're just hanging out with us here for the first time, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, and uh, you can get on the show by sending an email to VikingsVentline at gmail dot com. This is the most fan friendly, interactive show in Minnesota sports. The Vikings won the game tonight. But this yeah. is mostly a Vikings therapy session because most of you seem pissed about the way that it went down. So uh, who's next on Ventline Dex? Yeah, let's go to Robbie. Robbie, what's up, dude? You're on Ventline. Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm uh, in Wausau, Wisconsin. Right on, man. Hey, longtime watcher. Thanks for having me. I got a lot to say tonight. This game was just typical Vikings-Bears, right? I mean, ugly. Absolutely ugly. Kirk Cousins has 87 yards passing, ridiculously terrible. The Vikings still win the game. I mean, we still win the game by basically 14 points if they don't have a last-second touchdown. You have to give it to them, but at the same point, what are we doing, right? I mean, what is this offense doing? The defense, at the same point, they played a pretty good game, but penalties and the Bears' ineptitude and all these different things led to the fact that the defense looked better than they really were, right? So, I don't know, man. I'm frustrated. I mean, obviously, we're all frustrated as fans, but the Vikings won the game. We have to be happy. At the same point, they won the game <laughs> so terribly, and the Zebras were absolutely awful on both sides. I mean, we had terrible calls. They had terrible calls. No calls this way. It's like this game was honestly pathetic, and we all watched it on national television. <laughs> And I'm just like, what the hell, man? So I'm just trying to get you guys' opinion on all this. Um, I know I said a lot, but let me on, let me let me ask, let me ask. We'll start with Robbie, and I want to ask this question because I feel like there's other teams in the NFL that win games like this on a regular basis, and it's celebrated by their fan bases. And I'm and I'm just throwing out the question: Why? What is the difference? So the Ravens strike me as a team that they win games like this, where they'll turn the ball over three times or something, or you know they'll you know they'll play like crap for two and a half hours and then have you know Justin Tucker bails them out at the end of the game against the Lions and it's and it's not looked at as oh my God John Harbaugh needs to be fired it's over 
I understand that John Harbaugh is a Super Bowl winning head coach, and so there's a difference there. Um, the Patriots, another bad example, because Bill Belichick has a bunch of hardware. But there are teams in the NFL that win like this. Cleveland, I mean, hell, Cleveland the last couple of years with Kevin Stefanski. They almost won like this today with a third-string quarterback. So what's the difference for the Vikings? Why isn't this game celebrated as an ugly victory? Why is it looked at as everyone needs to be fired for you guys? We'll start with Robbie. Yeah, I think it's mainly because we understand the potential of this team. I mean, we watch this team every week, and we say, why can they not just play better, right? I mean, the defense should play better. The offense should play better, but they just don't. So that's probably the main thing. I mean, yes, we're happy about a win. We're still in the playoff hunt here, of course, but it's just so frustrating week in and week out to watch this team. And we continue to be like, what the hell is going on? Right? Yes. Yeah. And I think it's this. I think that that you, that during the course of the season, every team, good and bad, but every team is going to, to have games in which adversity plays a, a role and you have to overcome said adversity to win. Like this league is built on things going wrong, not right, but wrong. I think what frustrates us about the Vikings in particular, and this team to me is is the greatest example, is they introduce as much or more adversity to their own equation as any team. And that's the thing is things are going to go wrong. How do you respond is a very fair question and a ton of teams answer that question i feel like the vikings though have things go wrong and then they're, they're like well that wasn't quite enough going wrong we'd like to introduce some more things i mean the pittsburgh game the pittsburgh if if they had done what they were supposed to do in the pittsburgh game i think tonight as egregious as that football game was is easier to stomach because you won you put up 37 points on pittsburgh oh my god that and and you gave up three points right but you didn't. You brought him back in. How can we bring Pittsburgh back in? And I think the frustrating thing about the Vikings is the continual way that they try to shoot themselves in the foot when they already have enough things outside of their control to deal with. I think yeah. that's what frustrates us. Like they're kind of out of equity, right? Like they like they would build Correct. if they had built more equity with the fans and hell with themselves. Like even like you know, I just retweeted Kirk Cousins was shown on the sidelines for a good like 45 seconds or something during the final seconds. And he looked like literally looked like the Vikings were down 41 to 10. It's like, no, you guys are up by two touchdowns. You won the game. Mm-hmm. And so even even they're not really embracing this. I'm curious to see if there's any video that comes out of the postgame locker room because they did win pretty ugly against the Bears last year, too. Mm-hmm. And that was Cousins first Monday night football victory. And they celebrated it. Mike Zimmer did the he botched the line, but he did the you like that thing. Right. And, you know, like. If you if if you know that you're a good team and you believe in the locker room and the and the coaching staff, you feel fine after this game. You say, "All right, that was weird." Yeah, things just get weird at Soldier Field, and we kind of played like crap, but who cares? Let's embrace it. Yep. And I don't know, it just kind of felt like they weren't embracing it. So, uh, Robbie, good stuff, man. Hey, uh, you get over to the Twin Cities once in a while. I would assume you're not too far away. We'd like to make you the surly vent of the night here. Ooh, Robbie, that's right. Hey. The surly vent of the night. 
And that means you get a, a night for four people to the Surly Beer Hall. Two appetizers for the table of your choice, four entrees, uh, three beers per person, and you get to hang out and drink glorious Surly beer. There's also the, the pizza shop upstairs. So Surly is an amazing place, big-time partner of ours, and uh, you get to take three friends to, uh, to Surly. So congratulations, man. I think we lost Robbie. I think there we might have lost bit. Robbie there. But I'll, so. I'll get his info, but uh, okay. by all means. Yeah, he's got it. Also, that gift shop. Check out that gift shop. Same as plug. I was in there last week. They got some great winter stuff and some swag. I know Judd has been. Judd, I'm actually surprised he's wearing his crack hoodie. I've got, I've got swag. Yeah, I've got hats. I've got a coffee mug yep. that I use religiously. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yep. Plenty Good of stuff flag. at the Surly Brew Hall. Plenty of mm-hmm. stuff. All mm-hmm. right. Who is next on Vikings Ventline? Let's go to uh, Jason. Jason, what's up, man? You're on Vikings Ventline. Where are you calling from? Gentlemen, calling from West Bloomington slash, I was going to say hell, but I'm going to call it purgatory. I don't know, like, <laughs> I'll explain why. To Judd's point, I don't know if anybody here has seen the movie Godfather 3. Yep. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> Yes, yes. The, the entertainment like value. Like the entertainment value here for this team this year is um, you know, it, it it's keeping us it's keeping us watching uh, you know, there was a time a couple weeks ago where I felt like, you know what? I think I'm just going to do I, I think I'm just going to go shovel my driveway on Sunday afternoons, but <laughs> they keep us involved and uh so the entertainment value is definitely there. I want to give you guys a quick stat um, and I'll preface it by saying this. The Vikings did their best in classic Vikings fashion yet again to give a game away. And earlier in the season, there have been teams that have absolutely taken that opportunity. The Bears tonight weren't having it. They wanted no part of taking what the Vikings had to give them. Um Interesting stat, though. Kirk passed for 87 yards, and he's he's had great statistical games throughout the year, so I don't want to take anything away from him in that way, but he passed for 87 yards. The Bears were penalized for 91. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. That's I'm going to let that yeah. Congratulations yeah. to both sides for that impressive yeah. statistic. Yeah. So mm. a couple, couple of quick questions, I guess, to, to kick around the horn here. Um, you know, I know the Vikings probably didn't game plan for the 7-11 slash practice squad secondary that the Bears were going to bring in because that was kind of a late announcement. But even knowing that, I, I feel like even with just a little bit of time before the game, I think you've got to be able to whip something up to to exploit that. Um, and I didn't see that at all tonight. Um We've talked about, or uh, especially you, Phil, have talked about Kirk not taking shots a lot this year. I think he's t- he's taken more in the last few weeks. But, I mean, he threw into triple coverage at least twice that I saw, once where Conklin almost got, obli- I mean, like, almost got put in the hospital. Um, but he threw into triple coverage at least twice tonight. So I don't know if that's, if he's being more aggressive or if he was just facing the pressure. I mean, our offensive line looked like absolute garbage tonight. Um, and I guess my last question to kick around the horn, and I'm happy to stay and uh, and chat about it a little bit. Does our fan base, does this fan base really want to see the Vikings, you know, 
squeak into the playoffs in a, in a seven seed and just absolutely get slaughtered in the first round yet again. Um, so like I said, I'm happy to stick around and chat and hear you guys' thoughts. Jason, hang in there. We're here as your therapist. Appreciate you coming on, bringing the surly stat of the week. garage. Well, I think there's sort of the there's the micro and the macro here. I think the micro is all right. Well, you know, we're here. It's uh, you know, it's the last couple of weeks in December. There's three weeks to go in the season. And there's still a chance to make the playoffs. And it's you know, it's not like you know, I would say last year when the Vikings hit that fork in the road at one and five, and you're as a fan, you're kind of like, oh, maybe it would be better if they just tanked, right? Maybe it would be better if they just finished with three wins and. Mm-hmm. You know, got to draft whoever they want in the in the top four picks. Like we're way beyond that point. It doesn't I mean if they, if they lose their last three or they win two out of three, it doesn't it's not really going to drastically affect their draft positioning. So I think in the micro, yeah, I mean whatever. Root root get to the playoffs. Maybe you can pull a first round upset like you did against the Saints a couple years ago. You know, whatever. Macro, this ain't it. Like this combination of Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins, and all these unnecessarily close games that they find themselves in, like on the macro, they definitely need some big changes here and there. I don't love the leadership up and down. And so I don't know. I don't think, I don't think, I don't, I, don't, I think it's okay to say macro, I would like changes, but micro, whatever, like maybe they can beat the Rams and the, and the Bears or something at home and get to the playoffs. And uh, I don't know, maybe they can upset. 44-year-old Tom Brady or something. I think you can feel both things as a fan, I guess. Yeah, they, they've so badly missed what I expected from them that um, I'm just here to to watch it burn or if, if they can, you know, make the playoffs. I, like, I, I've, lost all, I've lost all feeling for this team because I expected a lot more. The other thing with this team – is this, and I think this is why it, this goes back to your question, Phil, about like, why do some teams get passes? The the Vikings don't. And I really believe the biggest reason is the 2021 Vikings have done a very, very astute job, unfortunately, of introducing their own problems. I think the other thing though, goes back to a discussion that, that we've talked about a lot. And it's this, this is not a likable bunch. This is not a likable team. This is not a team that appears to have fun. This is a team where the quarterback at the end of a win in Chicago looks miserable. Dude's got his helmet on and, in and isolation. Looks like he's like his dog just got hit by a bus. And yeah. yet the football guy, the football credo is what? We don't care how we win as long as we get the W, right? So, so like it's just quite clear that this team does not have a glue. Like, like, there's not like uh, we overcame this and we won. It's more like, well, we barely got by Pittsburgh, went up by 28, right? And now, and now we won pretty handily in a place where we rarely win, and everybody looks miserable. So, like, I, I think that there's something to be said for a team that's plucky and likable, and that works hard, and that has guys like Pat Bev, right? Pat Bev gets it. Pat Bev brings a different feel. Who brings a different feel here, really? To me, well, right now, nobody. The example I gave you was the Ravens, right? And now the Ravens uh-huh. again. John Harbaugh is a Super Bowl winning coach, so you know that the you know that he's done it before, and you, as a Ravens fan, have hope that they can do it again. Uh-huh. And and the Ravens have had more bigger regular seasons than you know most teams in the NFL, not named the Patriots, over the last ten or fifteen years. Sure, Tw- twenty years if you want to go back before John Harbaugh. 
But if you take away like you know the Super Bowl from 2012, and you just watch like the last five years of Ravens football, even when they're like kind of grinding to get to the playoffs, like they are right now, they're like eight and six. You got a coach who is a great leader by all accounts. I mean, our guy Alex Boone on Tuesdays, you'll you'll hear him tomorrow on Purple Daily. Uh, he knows John Harbaugh a little bit, swears by both Harbaugh's as leaders, right? Like, so we've heard that firsthand. You watch the way that Harbaugh treats his players, solicits input. He's open-minded, but he's also tough when he needs to be. And then a quarterback that makes mistakes but exudes passion. Lamar Jackson is just, you know, whether he throws three or four picks or whatever, like he's just, there's something different about the way that he leads a football team he compared owns to it. Kirk Cousins. He owns it. It's passion. It's big plays and big moments. And, yes, yeah. he makes mistakes, and he's not having a great season too. But, you know, you watch those two guys play, and it's like it just kind of feels like one guy is going to die on a hill for his team, and the yeah. other guy is pouting at but, the end of a win at Soldier and you, Field. So, you can't fake not having fun in sports. I don't care if you're a kid, an adult. I don't care – who you play for, like you can't say, oh, you don't, you don't understand. We're having a great time. Like it's either clear or it's it's not. Keenum's big year. What was one of the hallmarks? He was having a great time. Like you could tell, guys gravitated towards that. That that's why it was so weird that Mike kept going to the podium and being like, well, he's got a horseshoe up his behind. Because you're like, no, Mike, like this is the chance to embrace this. Um, so, and I just don't think this team, and it's certainly not the first team. I don't think this team is having any fun. I think that they are grinding through everything and it's apparent at, in every game that it's just a grind. Yep. And, and honestly, the head coach and the quarterback are the ones that set that tone, but the head coach, even more than the quarterback. I think if, if you're, if you're getting, if you're getting weird energy from the head coach or you're getting nothing's ever good enough energy from the head coach um, or if guys stop believing in the head coach, that's this is what it's going to look and feel like. Not that they don't celebrate, like they score a touchdown and you get the gritty from Justin Jefferson, but it, yeah. just, it, it looks now, like a trip to the dentist office every it's time. It's a collective thing, though, right? Yeah. Like it's a whole collective team thing where it's just like this is joyless. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. Like this, like oh, one more thought on this and I'll shut up and we can get to more listeners here. Like, there's no reason why you can't get joy out of an ugly victory like this. And why everyone looked defeated on the sideline is um, is an interesting concept to me. Mm-hmm. So, all right, who's next? Vikings vent line here, Purple Daily. Let's go to Ethan. Ethan, what's up, man? You're on Vikings right. vent line. Thank you, first of all. Um, first of all, I was going to say, I felt like Kirk Cousins really looked like he had to, like, go to that one family member's house for the holidays that he absolutely doesn't like, but <laughs> mom said be good at the end of the game. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. Now he looked, yeah, he was definitely like the antisocial guy in the corner wondering when can we go home? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I feel like I saw Kirk Cousins checked out after that pick. I feel like not going to lie. Mike had the same vibe going into halftime. He, I felt like he kind of was like, well, the bears are playing bad. I think we can slide through this win. Let's just get it done. Yeah. Yeah. No, Ethan, good stuff, that. man. Appreciate you coming on. I mean, it, yeah. yeah, it's just like that's how it seems. Just looks like a bunch of dudes that are not on the same page and not in love with the coaching staff. And and I'm going to keep bringing this up too. You know, Blake Barrett's is 
the agent for Adam Thielen and represents, I believe, multiple players on the Vikings roster. And a few weeks ago, he took to Twitter and basically like called for the coaches to be fired. Yep. Is that an agent going rogue with his own opinions? Or maybe he's getting that from the players, right? Yeah. And it's not a sin. A lot of in, in a lot of cases, these things run their course. And and the question is then, do you win a championship? And if they don't, you, you need the coach to to literally reinvent himself. And a lot of guys can't do that. Like, like I don't see Mike, I, I don't see Mike saying, you know, I'm going to and and what makes this tough is if you do that, it has to be sincere too. So like you can't be like, well, this year I'm Tony Dungy, guys. What's going on? And next year I'm Belichick. So it's got to be a, a, a sincere reinvention of personality. I don't see that in in Mike. But Mike has also, conversely, had a very nice run. So so like I don't want this to seem like it's this um, vicious, malicious, he should be fired. And he's, he's actually, he came here to do a job. He did a nice job. It didn't get to the ultimate goal. But I mean, I really feel like we are at the end of the ride and that and it's that simple and it's time to get off the ride we're gonna look really stupid when they uh when they win the championship in about a month and a half all yep. like takes exposed kirk, 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 content kirk content runs content off the field with a joe <laughs> like one way like yeah. all right next up that. vikings vent line let's go to uh Austin. Austin, what's up man you're on vent line how are you good can you guys hear me yeah, yeah man got you. we got Perfect. you uh, first, I want to say I uh, appreciate you guys' content, man. I watch you guys every day. I love your, your Vikings takes, your Timberwolves takes. I love it all, man. Appreciate all yeah, the, thanks, the work you guys put in. Um, but first, I want to say I want to get some positivity. I want to say the defense locked up tonight. Uh, the young guys made some big plays. Dancer with the strip sack. Chris Boy with the um, muff punt uh, recovery. I like that. Um, the offense got to put up more points, though, man. This is the Bears. So they had like a all their secondary was backup guys. Like, you got to put up more points than you did, man. Um, but I got a little bit of negativity here, too, man. I feel like Rick Spielman doesn't know how to pick QBs and build all lines. And you could tell here by um, what's, uh, what's the guy's name? The the D lineman from the, from the Bears, Akeem Hicks, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he ate, what's his face? Uh, uh, Mason, Mason, Mason Cole. Cole. Yeah. yeah. Ate him for dinner, lunch, breakfast, all of that. Um, <laughs> Snack. But uh, also Kirk Cousins, I'm not a big Kirk Cousins guy. I feel like he's not our our guy short term or long term. Um, I don't feel like he's also like a good leader. I mean, you could tell from the sideline at the end of the games, he's sitting there quiet, not you know, pepping the guys up, telling them good job. None of that. He's sitting there quiet on the sidelines. Like that's not as a guy who played football myself. That's not a guy or a leader I want. You know, Thank that's you. the guy taking all the the slack when we're winning and when we're losing, but getting all the blame when we went to, that's not a guy that I would want. It's my quarterback. Um, and I also like, I feel like ever since 2017, um, we weren't, we, ha- we haven't been as good as we are since we got Kirk too. And I feel like a lot of people don't talk about that more. Um, and I also, um, I feel like um, he has kind of like the same mentality as cat where like he has the ability to go out there, put up big numbers, but also his, his mental space and the way he acts on the court, could also uh, impact the game in negative ways, too. And um, before I get out of here, I got one question for you guys. Um, if you could change one thing about Kirk, 
mentally or physically to make him a better QB, what would it be? Wow. And appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me on. You're awesome. Awesome, man. That was great. Great stuff there. Great questions. And I will say to his points about Cousins and even Cat in basketball to some extent, you can't just like plug fantasy numbers into a roster or a box score. In baseball, you kind of can because it's a serious. Baseball is basically like a one-on-one sport, pitcher versus hitter. That masquerades as a team sport, but you can't just like plug in fantasy numbers beep, burp, 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 and uh, and expect that it's going to play out in a twelve win season. So, what would you guys change about Kirk? For me, mindset. Okay. Yeah, to me, mindset. Yeah. Um, I I just think he is so wired differently, and not differently in the ways that I want from a quarterback. I I think physically he's gifted. Physically, he's incredibly gifted. He can do so many things. But for whatever reason, it feels like the thing between his ears prevents him and second guesses him from really being great. If like if I want to make a really nerdy observation, like I, I saw Spider-Man over the weekend and Green Goblin's involved in Spider-Man, all right? That's not really a spoiler, but Green Goblin's inside of Spider-Man. You have this brilliant scientist, okay? You have this brilliant scientist who is now corrupted by the Green Goblin and his mind gets ruined by the Green Goblin. He's a brilliant scientist. But then once the Green Goblin takes over, he does dumb things. He does things that he shouldn't be doing. That's kind of like Kirk Cousins to me. And it's really frustrating to see. So if I had to change one thing, it'd be his, it'd be his mindset. The problem with Kirk is that is, is this, too, though. He, he, he plays a sport that might be at the very top of the list of things are going to go wrong a lot. Like, there's going to be a lot. In, in fact, be prepared in this sport for far more to go wrong than right. But Kirk's mind is... If it's going wrong, what should I do? And there's and and the best quarterbacks have the answer. And Kirk and and look, I don't even blame Kirk. It's how he is mentally put together. He doesn't have the ability like tonight. Tonight's a perfect e- example. The game plan didn't really work, and and the Bears said, "Screw it, we are going to bring Akeem Hicks. We're going to make your life hell." Um, and Kirk doesn't know how to adjust. And the worst thing is. Once he throws a pick, and once it's clear that he's going to be pressured, he just sort of shrinks. Yep, he doesn't. He doesn't know how. I mean, he doesn't know how to respond. This to is that. where like people are going to say, "Well, the offensive line needs to be better, or the coaches need to be better at this." It's like, yeah, but the great quarterbacks, and this is what I would change. Mobility would be nice. Don't get me wrong. I would love to have the mobility of a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen. Be great, but I would change the fact that he is a beta. I just work here, guy personality. I want someone who's a much more active participant in solutions. I don't want a guy that gets up to the post-game press conference and says, well, I, you know, Mike Zimmer calls the timeout. It's like, no. I want a guy who owns it all the time, who leads all the time, and in a game like that has a solution for Mason Cole getting forklifted back. Like, And the solution isn't and – I, and I get it. Like The, the Kirk Crusaders are going to say – there's Mackie again blaming Kirk for Mason Cole having a bad game. That's not what I'm saying. There's going to be pressure in NFL games. Mason Cole is going to get beat. Garrett Bradbury is going to get beat. Are you part of the solution talking with your offensive line, talking with the offensive coaching staff during the game, in the days leading up to the game, coming up with a plan to get Justin Jefferson free despite pressure, right? right? Like he, he's, he's far too often, ah, what am I supposed to do? I just get the plays, they come in. Mike Zimmer calls the timeouts, and uh, you know we just need to protect up front. Like nothing is ever on him, and right. that's my biggest problem with him. 
but I don't need Kirk to plan. I need Kirk to react well, and he can't react. That That's his biggest problem. He can't, when things start to disintegrate, he doesn't know to to say, okay, here's what we're going to do right now. I'm, I'm talking about on the fly. He needs things planned out. He needs things. And look, he is clearly physically a gifted athlete. There's no question about that, and I am certainly not denying that. But when things break down, what's his response? His response is he shrinks. That's his response. He shrunk tonight. Like he got he he got freaked out, which is a ridiculous thing to say. But I'm convinced that that's Kirk, that's Kirk's thing. When things, oh my God, Pittsburgh is coming back. What should we do? What should we do? What should we do? Instead of I got this, calm down. He doesn't have that, and and I don't think that that's a chip that you can implant. Do you? No, not well. Like, I mean, not at 33 years old. No. no. Yeah, but I, I mean, I at 33 are... years old. At, at 33 years old, most people are pretty close to being finished. You're like 90 percent finished product sure. in life, right? You know, there's right. definitely you can evolve and whatever, but like you kind of are who you are at the mm-hmm. core. Mm-hmm. So, all right, who's who's next? Vikings. Yeah, let's actually uh, let's go to Michelle. Michelle, what's up? You're on Vikings event line. How are you? Hi, guys. Um, I'm What's a long-time Viking fan, believe it or not. And um, sorry, you guys have touched on some of the things um, regarding Cousins and Zim. Um, just so frustrating. I'm wondering, like, tonight's game, along with every other night, his conservative mythology, like, um, um, run the ball, control the game. But that's if the offensive line does their job. And to put all that pressure also on Cook, why not be a multifaceted team? I mean, when I think back when he had Shermer, who had half the personnel, I mean, this isn't rocket science here. Like, what is going down and why can't he adapt? And, I mean, let me coach. I'll tell them not to run to the pile and fall down. I mean, it's just so frustrating. I, you know? I think the biggest difference between, like, like Pat Shermer was, you know, what a 20 plus year NFL coach who'd been a head coach in the past. And, you know, Mike, Mike Zimmer feels very comfortable going up to post-game press conferences or telling the, you know, the sideline reporter at halftime, what his 34 year old inexperienced offensive coordinator should be doing. You heard a lot less of that four years ago when he had a trusted, respected coordinator in Pat Shermer. And so I think Mike likes to have control over, I I think he likes having, sort of a pawn, an offensive coordinator. But really, what he really – he had it right the first half of his coaching career. Guys who've been head coaches, who have experience, credibility, and and someone that he can just outsource the game planning to, like, that's what he needs. I mean, it's too late now because I don't think he's going to get another crack at an offensive coordinator uh, with the Vikings anyways. I don't think Kubiak is that bad. I think his play calling is kind of – I think if he had – the right support, I think it could be, he would be challenged more, but I think um, Zim micromanaged. And when they, when he came out into that interview and he's like, well, we've got to stop. We're passing too much. We got to run the ball. And I'm like, Oh my God, here we go again. <laughs> Has this really worked so far? I don't know. We're, we don't seem to get it right. And other teams with less talent, I think Zim looks good because we've got such a talented group, but we're going to, throw it all away, and it just, I don't know, it it's like this curse over, I mean, I remember 98, that was our year, and oh, my God, he misses the kick. That's why I left. And then with Favre, but, you know, Shermer took us with Case Keenum, 
And I actually think um, Bradford was, I I was really sad to see him hurt because I think if he would have stayed healthy, we would have, it would have panned out differently. And I think Cousins, if he had a, like a Shermer, but I think he gets in his head and then he panics. And then I don't know what happens. Like they have this offensive line that it just seems to be geared, you know, like with Cleveland and, I mean, what about, I don't know, Spielman not getting those guys on sale and getting some offensive line that can pass and block, excuse my mentality, but it's just. No, I just want to say that the the biggest takeaway I've had here is that I am not the only Sam Bradford fan in the house. Yes, I I thought he was great. (laughs) Give me the long-sleeved quarterback look anytime. The Sam Bradford non-elastic sleeves. He came in and did. Yeah. Great against um, New Orleans and with hardly any practice time and off, obviously offensive line that was kind of lacking. But it's been years. We haven't had an offensive line. Like, let's – we have this multimillion-dollar quarterback and and running back, and then we don't have an offensive line, really? I mean, yeah, no, just, no. Because the coach has to have his defensive guys. Michelle, that's why. That Michelle, the- thank you, Michelle. Hey, you Appreciate guys, you coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks it's for being fun. a regular listener. The coach has to have his defensive guys. Everybody knows he's got to have his defensive guys, despite the fact that his defensive guys aren't as good as they should be. No. Uh, all right, let's keep the train going here. Vikings vent line. Hour yep. into the, the therapy session here. Oh, man. Let's go to Ren. Ren, what's up, man? Welcome Fellas, to how, how are, are we doing tonight? Hey, what's up? What's up, man? I've got a lot of things here. I'm going to get through them quickly because I don't want to take up too much time. So first of all, thanks for what you all do. This town, well, this team has needed like an unbiased journalistic output. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name networks. Anybody anybody who's who's followed this team knows exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, other other like teams and and, uh, areas have had uh, like I personally think Mike Zimmer is a mag. Mike Zimmer is a bastion (laughs) of excellence. (laughs) Do not he can do no it. wrong. He is excellence incarnate. Come on. Um, <laughs> so I just want to say thank you for what you guys do. So uh, I'm going to go through these points quick. Stop me if you want. Um, number one, Darisol was getting worked out there. Yes. Um, I think overall, like, I, I, you know, I haven't seen, like, you know, um, what his overall game scores were. But a couple of those plays, I was like, yikes. Like, that's our... That's our, like, LT that's going to be of the future. And I was just seeing him getting manhandled like a middle schooler out there. A little worrisome. Um, could be fixed in the future, but something to keep an eye on. Also, Akeem Hicks, please retire. I'm so sick of watching you manhandle my that's O-line. <laughs> just, just, like, go away, like, in a good way and stop stop uh, embarrassing my O-line. Number two, I know he's a rookie. So far, I'm not, I'm not impressed with Justin Fields. Um, I know we were, we were interested in him. Um, that was, that was like the scuttlebutt. I, I mean, he looks okay. Like he looks better than, uh, Trubisky. Sure. But I'm not seeing anything out of him that like, I'm dying to like that. I would trade Darisol for. for I sure. don't think, I don't think he's being developed correctly though. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. See, that's true. I was talking to my wife about it too. Culture. Is cause like, well, didn't we want him? I was like, well, yes, but. And we might have seen Chicago. I mean, development or not, he did pu- he did pump fake a screen pass and ate it for a ten yard sack. Like that's yeah. <laughs> that's instincts, man. Like they, there's some instinctual things there that are really big head scratchers. But we'll yeah. see how it plays out with the. So new we'll game. see. I mean, like I said, I I, I don't want to eat my words. In like two years, he becomes like the next 
you know, the Chicago Aaron Rodgers, which is like, that would be our luck. But I, you know, I'm not impressed so far, but we'll see what happens. Number okay. three, the Kendrick's ejection. So I'm fully on board with the flag, totally on board with getting the 15 yards, you know, all that stuff. The ejection though, like Kendrick's isn't known as a dirty player. I've watched Kendrick's. You guys have watched Kendrick's for years. That is not a dirty player who targets the head of anybody, especially a quarterback who's sliding. It was very clearly like he was going for the tackle. And like the problem was field field slides like he wants to be concussed. So like (laughs) he He slides like with his head up, just like asking to be hit from the sides, you know, at any point. And of course it happens. And then not only do they flag Kendrick's, which I was, I was good with, like I I accept that. Well, then we ejected him. I was like, okay there's there's some context here we need to reevaluate so i wasn't on board with that of course those referees about six times before that (laughs) in the game showed like zero ability to diagnose context or anything yeah yeah, it's like he like kendrick's it was a you know it was a penalty i agree with you but like he very clearly tried to pull up on the play and i don't know like there you got you to make room for intent and, and context. Like it was and even, those referees it was, were just idiots. It was even not as bad as, or uh, it was a little slightly less bad than, didn't Smith get ejected earlier in the season for something similar to that? That was in Houston yes. last year, right? Oh, it was last year. Okay, yes. my memories all forming together. But, but, but like Smith had before. a hit like that. Smith's not a dirty player either. He's got more uh, of a rep than, than Kendricks does, though. So, yeah, because I, I think they said on, on the telecast, Kendricks, I want to say in the course of his career, had one one late hit penalty in his entire career going into tonight. So like he, his hands are completely clean. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I mean, I mean, we won, so I'm fine. Okay. Whatever. But like when it happened, I was like, Oh, it's a flag. And I was like, yeah, that, that's pretty bad. But then when they ejected him, I was like, I like threw my head. I was like, are you serious? Like they yeah. ejected him for that. So water under the bridge. All right. Number four. So Zim still out. Like, Mm-hmm. I, and I've I've wanted to come on this. I'm a fir, I'm a long time listener, long uh, first time caller. But you know, as these wins come, like it's it sucks to say about such a man because Coach Zimmer is actually a good coach. I don't think anyone that would dispute that. I just don't think he's got it in him. Like the man, if he was if he was handed a head coaching position in '92, he would probably have multiple Super Bowl rings. But it's just it's just not that NFL anymore. Um, and unfortunately, it took too long to get his opportunity. And I I just don't think that. Like that old school defensive guy mentality can can bring home the Lombardi. So um, short of short of a Super Bowl appearance, even if they make it and lose short of an appearance, uh, this fan base needs to realize like he's not the guy like he can get some scrappy wins. He can work up. You know, he's got the locker room still, even though this has been a very tumultuous season. He's 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 not the guy like I like him. I like him. I, I love the hire back when we hired him, but he, he's he's not the guy. We yeah. got to get rid of him. And it doesn't even have to be like, you know, his his eight years can still be, you know, I wouldn't say like celebrated. Yeah, but like I'm going to look like, back you know, on it finally. Yeah, it was a, you know, a winning eight year run of Vikings football that came up short of the ultimate goal, which like there literally right. should be one goal for this franchise. 60 years, no Super Bowls. That should be the goal and the bar for this franchise. And you should run every decision you make from draft picks to free agency to head coaching hires to GM through that prison. Correct. Correct. And that's, that's that. And I think there's like, there's, there's turmoil because obviously the team doesn't want to, you know, you'd never want turnover. Turnover is always bad, no matter if you're a football team or a bank or a company or whatever. But on the other side, you can't just like hate the guy because at the end of the day, he's a damn, uh, sorry, a dang, dang good damn coach. Uh, <laughs> he's a dang good coach. So like, you know, he's going to, like, if he wants to still coach, he's going to snapped up as a DC by like, 
I mean, how many teams are going to whoop him up after the season if we fire him? Yeah. Um, so I'm running along. I want to I want to get quick uh, quickly through these other ones. Side note: trade Kirk to a QB needy team. Um, whatever happens after the season goes, I want Kirk gone. He's a good quarterback, but he's not good for what he gets paid, and he, he clearly values his paycheck over a Lombardi, which is fine. I don't fault him for it. If I was a player, I would weigh that too. You know, if I'm going to make my money, I'm going to make my money. Cool. But as a fan, I don't care about how much you make because that money doesn't come to my bank account. I want to watch my team win Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. So if Kirk is more, you know, he wants to make money for him and his family, cool. Go do it somewhere else, Denver, whoever wants to to, to take that. You know, to give us a first round, that would be nice. Uh, to get him, cool. Trade him this offseason while his value is high. And spicy take, and I think I think there's a couple of you that are on the fence about this. We're all probably good on firing Zim, which I'm not happy about, but probably needs to be done. I'm I'm I don't think I want to. I think I want to keep Rick Spielman, um, because you know he's had some some downers. He's had definitely some picks that you're like, eh, I don't know about that, but. He's also had some really good finds in the mid and late rounds that I think it's worth keeping him around. Um, I don't know, maybe a GM, maybe if you give him a cushy job where he's like, you know, some you know manager of football ops. What, what, or what, something. what if? Yeah, what if he was like the director of football operations for everything except quarterback and offensive <laughs> line? Everything except like, could quarterback. You, could and you line. fit that all on yep. a business card? Yeah, yeah, you could like, yeah, exactly. Like assistant to the assistant regional general manager for the yeah. Minnesota work in Scranton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, final note. Final note. That broadcast was terrible. Um, I, I it was ESPN, right? I think it was yeah. ESPN. How we yeah. needed the Manning cast, man. We needed the Mannings tonight. They yeah. let us down. Give me whatever the D team on Fox Sports is over whatever the heck was running that game. I'll take it any day. Otherwise, I'm just going to hit the mute and watch the play by play and uh be done with it but that was just i mean i love randy like they had randy moss in the pregame that was awesome and like all the stuff with with justin and was great but wow man during the game i was i was half tempted like you want me to just like mute this and like put music on or something because this is bad put some yeah. burr alive christmas song <laughs> yeah it got well into the times. night man <laughs> all right all right uh, randy, thanks, that's a, i'm gonna give ren the round of applause there man that was a great yeah good stuff though. Notes great all written down notes opinions great stuff there um, this is Vikings vent line here before we get to our next Vikings fan, Judd, why don't you tell the audience why you're so skinny looking? these mm, days? I'm very, very thin because of my friends at Olivia weight control centers. I am down gentlemen, 30 pounds. That's right. Since I started around 240, I am now down at 210 and I want you to join me on a weight loss journey. That's going to leave you as satisfied as it has me. And I've still got 10 pounds to go. That's right. I'm going to get down to 200 and the best part is I'm going to stay there. Join today, save 50% off the program. Your first vi visit is free. This is an offer that ends this week. So again, 50% off the program, call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, livia.com, livia, L-I-V-E-A.com, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Give them a call tomorrow and join before this program ends because Around January 1st or so, you'll you'll be saying, I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to feel better. And then in a month or so, you'll say my clothes fit again. So, uh, yeah, get on get get on the same plan that Judd's been on here. Also, if you're a business owner out there, Federated Mutual Insurance Company has been around for over 100 years helping business owners with risk management. If you're looking for a uh, just a little bit better sleep at night, maybe, as a business owner, knowing that your bottom line is better protected, your employees are better protected, 
Federated is here for you. Trusted resources, trusted people. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, Dex, who's up next? Vikings Vent Line. Let's go to Nathan. Nathan, what's up, man? You're on Vikings Vent Line. Hey, guys. I'm calling from uh, the north woods of uh, Washington State, so I appreciate yeah. Judd's sweatshirt, and it's fitting better because of Olivia. Um, um, so the big thing that I had was play calling. I know we touched on it earlier, but uh, that conservative play call from the third middle of the third quarter on uh, was run, run, pass. I think they said it on the on the broadcast that they didn't get a first down um, from five minutes left in the third quarter all the way to the, that last first down in the fourth quarter. And that, I mean, it was run, run, pass. That was, what, three years ago where we were super conservative, we're running out the clock, and it's not going to change. Uh, Zimmer said in his press conference afterwards, I thought we were in control of the game most, most of the time. And so he doesn't even see that the play calling is, is affecting the team in a negative way. You know, what gets, you know, what runs out the clock first downs and throw it, you know, doing that run, run pass is not going to get those first downs. You're going against a team that pulled a six round uh, cornerback off the practice squad today and made him look like Patrick Peterson in his prime. <laughs> Um, in Graham. So it's, it's not going to change because he thinks that was the right thing to do. And, and we don't have an OC that's, that's experienced enough to stand up to him. And so this is what we're going to see. And it's never going, it's just never going to work. And so we need to really move past that. Amen, man. I agree, man. Put perfectly. That that is put perfectly. And that's why the one thing I have, I never have gotten since the day it was done is I know that Clint, Kubiak kept the offensive philosophy intact, but why did anyone in that building above Mike think it's a good idea to have basically a kid, a kid call plays? Like, how was that perceived as a good idea? I'll never get that. And and look, you know what? If Mike comes in, and he clearly did at halftime and says, we're going to run more, Clint's not going to push back and be like, hold on a second, Mike, let's talk about this. And he's going to run more. And I would say this too, like the bears have gotten gashed on the ground in the last two months. And so like, there's, there's definitely a very plausible reality where running the ball down their throat made sense. And I think, I think we all kind of glummed down to, yeah, but they're starting four backup defensive backs. And so therefore it should be a Justin Jefferson game. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of where my mind went, but I don't think Mike Zimmer is making that decision at halftime from a place of thoughtfulness and a place of like high level chess strategy. I think he always reverts back to just like, uh, we just need to avoid mistakes. And so let's just run the ball and ground control. And like, it's not coming from this sophisticated place, I guess if it was coming from a more sophisticated place and he really took an interest in offensive football. Okay. Then cool. But, but he, but we know that he doesn't like, we know that it's pulling teeth to get him to build a relationship with his quarterback for God's sakes. And so that's what frustrates me. I'm definitely not an expert on play calling, but there's gotta be something else besides draws that beat the penetration that they were getting from Akeem Hicks. Like Akeem Hicks was getting through there and you know, why, where's the slants? Where's the short passes? You have these young, you know, young quarterbacks that don't have the good defensive system. Why we saw it work on a touchdown where they threw, you know, Justin Jefferson as a, as a lure and got it open to Smith Marset. Why are we not doing that on, on, you know, in between the twenties? Why are we not, why are we not running some quick strike plays that, that work off of that work off of those, the penetration that they're getting. 
Yeah. yeah. No, these are Nathan. Good stuff, man. Thanks for coming on. These are all very they're fair qu- and they're great questions. Viable questions. They're kind of rhetorical questions. Yeah. They don't get answered. Uh, if you're wondering why Matt Nagy got a 15 yard penalty for berating an official, like I don't know, I, I don't know that I've seen that. Like, the, you know, in Major League Baseball, you look at an umpire wrong, and it's like, boom, you're ejected, right? In basketball, instant technical. I feel like in hockey and NFL, you can pretty much say whatever you want to the referees, and they very rarely penalize you for it as a coach. But uh, referee Scott Novak was quoted as saying. The flag was thrown when Nagy started to use inappropriate language toward the official. I won't repeat what he said, but when it crosses the line and it's inappropriate, we throw a flag. I'm trying to envision what exactly he may have said that goes above and beyond all of the other coaches that are berating officials and never get flags thrown on them. Like, oh. who, like who's, which family member did Matt Nagy insult of that Poor referee. That night was so bad. They deserved every <laughs> word they got. They deserved uh, everything they got. They were terrible. Matt, Matt Nagy is is a national hero after what he did to that referee tonight. I thought he was going to get tossed because if if he he got in a second penalty for unsportsmanlike, he's gone. And and when Has he ever, went, have you ever spiked, seen that? Uh, I saw a tweet that said it has never happened. That, yeah, that a mm-hmm. head coach has never been tossed, which shocks me. I mean, those I guys like those guys will get that. into officials, and those officials are just yeah, there, yeah. It. it feels like football is the one sport for sure where you can say what you want. But I mean, those guys deserved it. Yeah. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Who's next, Vikings vent line? Let's go to Don. Don, what's up, buddy? You're on Vikings vent line. How are you? Hey guys, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah man. Where are you calling from? Uh, Durham, North Carolina. All right. Um, but I just want to say, been listening to you guys for a minute, basically. Uh, through quarantine. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Except for Judd right now. I've got a little uh, Rick Spielman defense I've prepared here. So Please do. Oh, yes. Please do. Okay. So (laughs) I want to start out by saying Zim, gone. Like super gone. Along with whoever, all the nepotism he brought with, you know, whatever. That's all gone. Mm -hmm. Kirk, I think – so this is my first point to defend Spielman on Kirk because I think he saw that he had a defensive head coach who was not going to do anything to develop a quarterback. He found, you know, the quickest plug to that thing. And it hasn't, I mean, he hasn't, you know, Kirk hasn't taken any steps to, you know, neither party has helped each other get to the promised land that way. Um, and so, you know, as far as like the quarterback selecting stuff goes, I think, you know, Teddy's, uh, a push, I guess, you know, like between the injury and a decent career, he's probably a push on the pick. Ponder is a miss, but I also think like you look at like the 32 starting quarterbacks in the league, I would say 24 are picked before the Vikings even could have picked those guys. Right, like it's all like top ten picks, all you know. And sure, you can like trade up, but like we've been consistently, you know, consistently in this spot where we're like pushing for the playoffs. If we get a couple more pieces here, a couple more offensive linemen, we'll you know we'll make that push. And on the offensive line front, like we've put several first rounders, several second rounders put some free agency money into it. And I don't see like that developing anywhere. 
Like, it would be one thing if it was a couple guys. I'd be like, oh, Rick can't pick him. You know what I mean? Like, he, you know, he's just he's just whiffing, whiffing, whiffing. But, like, it's, it's seemingly every guy but Brian O'Neill to, you know, basically whiff. So, I, at that point, I'm saying – and it's not like he's reaching on these guys either. Like, consensus draft boards, from what I've seen, you know, they've been, like, in that range. So, I just think that – there's a lot of things that, you know, look like, oh, Rick doesn't know what he's doing. But I also think, a, you know, bad GMs draft guys like Huntley when they have a, a head coach that's not going to develop them because then you, you just throw Huntley away, right? Like Huntley's in a perfect situation, and so he looks good. And I'm not saying, you know, he wouldn't have been good here. But, like, I don't think – that's like a, a fair comparison because there's no ways. In, I mean, like a, a finished product in Kirk is having a tough time with Zim. Mm-hmm. Like Huntley in an offense not suited for him, run by a 34-year-old or whatever his age is, he's not doing any better. Right. All right, Don, good stuff. Yeah. Thank you, We're going to say goodbye and let Judd uh, rebut here. And then we'll get you on again sometime if you want to. Good stuff. No, I was defend yourself. My point about Rick is I don't trust him to hire the coach or draft the the QBs who are going to be the next batch. Um, so like Hunt, Huntley should be a guy that, that Rick finds and hands to a coach who develops him, but Mike can't, and that's an indictment on Rick as well. Um, Rick hasn't hired an offensive coach yet. So I don't want him to – I don't think he can. I don't think he's got the ability. That was my point. I, I want to put the wheels in motion for a major seismic cultural shift here on thought processes and how players are developed. Again, this is not to say that Rick has not had a nice run here. He definitely has. And and you know what? If If you kick him upstairs, that's fine. In fact, I think that's probably far more – likely to happen than for Rick to be fired. But what I want is a GM and coach who understand the philosophies of football as it currently is. And that's why I don't want Rick to now go out and sort of spit into the wind and try and guess. I want to give this a shot with people that I think, and this is going to take hiring the right people too, but who give you a shot to develop things like what's been developed now in, to your point, Phil, Baltimore. Places like that. John Harbaugh literally said, let's change everything. And the Ravens administration above him said, yeah, you're right. Just think about that for a second. That doesn't exist Because John Harbaugh is a better leader than Mike Zimmer. Right. But what I'm saying is then the people above him were were like, yes, let's do that. The Vikings. But don't you think if Mike Zimmer was the leader that John Harbaugh was and Mike Zimmer. Right. But Rick identified. But Rick identified Mike. Okay, but Mike was. But Mike was a good hire. Mike was, but he is not a good hire for right now. Yeah, and my point so, is, so I'm not. I'm ditch him in three weeks, and that's why I don't. But I don't want Rick to now make a hire because Rick did a good job in 2014. What I want is people that are going to do a really good job in 2022. And I think one more thought on this, because we're gonna we'll talk about this for a month, but right. I'm still going to stand by my thought that if you're going to wipe out your GM, your coach, and your quarterback, all of whom are good, they're all good at their job. They're not elite at their job, but they're certainly not, you know, Houston Texans, New York Jets train wreck at their job. Mm -hmm. 
you're going to blow GM, coach, quarterback out, the three most important things for a football franchise, what are the chances that you go three for three on those replacements? That's all I'm saying. But you're also you got to be really – Well, and, and okay, I'm but, not saying the – quarter, the quarterback then is up to the new administration. I'm, I'm hiring them to make the decision on Kirk. I'm all for Super Bowl being the goal, and I'm all for pushing to win Super Bowls. But I'm also realistic that you're not going to go three for three, replacing GM, coach, quarterback all in the same cycle. Uh-huh. And so, but this is, we can have this conversation yeah. for the next month. I mean, it's a great conversation. <laughs> it really is. And you're going to find plenty more great conversations just like this on Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We eat difficult conversations, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner here at Score North. Who's up next, as Goldberg would say? Hey. Who's next? Let's go to Ben. Ben, what's up, man? Thanks for staying up. What's going on, man? Oh, yeah, no problem. Um, So I kind of have, like, just three things. I feel they all kind of relate to each other. First one is, like, really just the play calling was pretty much atrocious this game. I think running it on second down is such a drive killer, especially when you're running it right out of Keem Hicks. Um, It's not going to get much easier with Aaron Donald. But um, (laughs) it also just kind of makes me definitely feel like Kirk just isn't worth the money we're paying him. Like, if he's playing against a bunch of nobodies, which was basically the Bears' secondary, like, anyone else, Dak, Mahomes, Rodgers, would have just destroyed, like, torched them, especially with Justin Jefferson. And then it also really makes me feel like, you know, Zimmer isn't fixing something. Like, there's, all, you know, the saying, like, don't fix what ain't broken. Like, I feel like he's not looking at it and fixing it. And I think that's where the coaching change needs to happen, especially with someone like Kellen Moore or even Doug Patterson, I think. I was listening to his show earlier today, and you guys were talking about Doug Patterson and how, like, a bunch of Eagles players said they don't want him on Minnesota. So, but, I mean, I'd be fine with having him. You want a Super Bowl, you need Bill, Bill Belichick. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I saw a report, too. Thank you, Ben. I, I, I saw a report, I think it was on one of the pregame shows, like NFL Network or something on Sunday that uh, Doug Peterson is refreshed. He yeah, is clear-eyed after a year off. And it's, yep. it's, it's, the, it's, it's clearly him and his agent putting out to the Ian Rappaport's of the world, hey, my guy is ready to rock again. Looks like uh, teams can start interviewing coaching candidates here in a couple weeks. Same it's thing. Be great. Tommy Pellicero, come to my <laughs> ranch. I'll show you how I'm breaking yeah. down film. But yeah, here's the thing. There's, there's one interesting new change to the hiring process this year. If you already have an opening, so if you've already fired your coach or have notified that coach that they will not be brought back for the next season and they're just going to coach out the rest of the season, then you can start interviewing candidates with two weeks left in the regular season. You don't have to wait until, like, you know, the playoff window. So that's incentive for teams like the Bears. Or if you're the Vikings and you think you're going to move on from Mike Zimmer, then you might as well – that's what's tough. Like you might be the seven seed, but you've you, you, but you've already made your decision. It's so it, it's it's a complicated spot. Like if you're the Bears and you're out of the playoffs, well, you should fire Matt Nagy tomorrow so that you can throw the bat signal up and say, "Hey, all right, Doug Peterson, you know whoever else wants can to come interview for him, this job." Can Can you just tell him, "Hey, Matt, coach the year out, but you're going to be fired." Yes. So we're so we're, you know we're going to bring in. But that's Ridge, easy with Matt. I'm saying with with Mike. With, yeah, Mike, with Mike, it's harder. It'd be, impo- it'd be impossible too because you're in the middle of a playoff race. Well, and Mike would. And if you told Mike, "Hey, Mike, be a good sport," he'd tell you to go bleep yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah, that's an issue. All right, who's up next? Vikings Let's go, let's go to Tom. Tom, what's up, dude? You're on Vikings Bentland. How are hey, you, Tom? Doing? Howdy. Um, 
so I did take away a few of like silver linings. Uh, the defense was a very bend not break and opportunistic, as well as the special teams. Um, and Justin Jefferson being used as like the decoy on that play and then really highlighting that was unbelievably good, in my opinion. And he also just played well on that other touchdown catch, playing him against bad secondary. Like, you know, you'd think you'd do the entire game, but apparently not. That's about where the silver linings do end. Um, <laughs> the rough notes was uh, one of my friends, uh, he just recently got into football this year. So he's been watching a lot of Viking football and he really likes Justin Jefferson. So I'm like, this is a great guy that you should be watching and very thankful to watch. Um but he was like, why do they hand off the ball so much? And I'm like, oh, this is just what we do when we go up, like the nice conservative offense. Like, it's just kind of how it rolls being a Viking fan. Um, and my biggest gripe tonight was with the refs. Granted, I did have the Vikings uh, defense in as my fantasy team defense. And that touchdown at the end was a four point swing. So that was ridiculous. But um mm kind of looking at the future of this like I am not a Mike Zimmer fan at all like for coaches one coach that I know you guys haven't really talked about a lot but I'd be super interested in knowing about more um I don't know what digging you or um any of you guys or if Judd has any people in the Packers <laughs> still um is Nathaniel Hackett because yeah. I think like whenever Aaron Rodgers talks about him he really likes him and he seems like he's been a big culture person that is also surrounded by excellence and trying to do well um, between him. And then I like the enemy and Leftwich just because I think like Doug Peterson, I don't know. He just seems kind of like a crusty offensive guy. <laughs> like we have crusty defensive guy now. Like, do we really want to go to a crusty offensive guy? And then if at GM, I don't like Rick as much. Like I agree with Mackey's like you can't, sweep them all out uh but i'd really like to see what kirk would look like with an offense like or with someone that wants to be here um not because mike just didn't want him here and so like a guy like but having a gm like a guy like lewis riddick he was really getting in like oh like if these teams might need to make a change and it's like oh like he just seems like he's itching to maybe want to Dude, Lewis Riddick wants yeah. yeah, Lewis back. Riddick wants the. I mean, he almost got one of those jobs last offseason, yeah. right? He I was know, like a finalist or something. Mm-hmm. It's and so I'd be interested in seeing like that, or like any like sort of assistant GM, like Kansas City. Like I don't even know who the guy is, but like those guys know what to do with people like Kenny Nwangwu, and it's like, how do you get those kinds of people putting people like Kenny in a position to succeed? Like he had a few big runs tonight, but he's not a power back. Yeah. Give him some space to work yes. with. So, like, Nathaniel Hackett and then some GM that has an idea of what to do with the actual, like, opportunity of your players. Yeah, Tom, good good questions, man. Thanks for, for jumping on here. I mean, the biggest thing with Nathaniel Hackett, and it's the same thing with Byron Leftwich, is are you, just, are you hiring a guy who's just close to a legend, right? He, he worked with Aaron Rodgers, and he worked yeah. with – you know, Byron Leftwich worked with Tom Brady. How much of it is those guys being associated like Adam Gase was with Peyton Manning? Or are they actual masterminds and leaders? A step beyond that is like, I don't care if they can scheme as much. Like, that's important. But can they lead a room of 53? Are they curious? Can they adjust? Yeah. Can they connect with players? Where Hackett has questions, too, is he does not call plays. So, like, there's that whole whole thing of you're the O.C., 
but you don't call plays. Can he lead? That's Byron. Know. Byron calls plays. Byron played quarterback. I. I just. I have. I guess that, that this is probably um, Brad Childress syndrome on my part, but I just. I have questions about guys who are part of successful offenses who don't call plays. Yeah. Uh, on the on the broadcast front, it was amazing at the end of that game. I mean, Brian Greasy was just straight up calling for Matt Nagy to be fired on the broadcast. And it was like, I don't think you hear that very often on NFL broadcasts. No. You know, usually the color commentators, like they'll give no. you opinions on what play should be run during the game. But when it comes to like calling for heads, they never go that far. I think they and were... I appreciated that about Brian Greasy tonight. He straight up called for Matt Nagy to be fired on the broadcast. Tonight. I think that entire telecast from the start was very upset that, that they actually had to watch this crap. <laughs> yeah. And, and is it possible Nagy kind of like blew him off in the, in like a pregame interview or something? It's know. just like, like you I never hear guys doing that. On, but maybe I mean, they, they were, they might've been told by producers at the beginning of the season. Hey, like we need you guys to be opinionated. Cause like, you know, all due respect, you're not going to stand out like a Tony Romo or the Mannings, and so you you know better throw a fastball once in a while. Well, in that game, my God, like if if you were still tuned in to that that game at the end, you were not trying to get like analysis, rip people. That's fine, say something. But I thought the whole broadcast was weird. I, I didn't like it. I I thought it was very. I thought it was three guys who were like, oh man, we're stuck at stuck watching these two dog teams, and they like. They, they didn't really address the Vikings' problems as much, it felt like, because the Bears' problems are so big. But the Bears are hopeless. Like, just blow that entire thing up. The Vikings, it felt like there could have been a far more nuanced discussion about what's wrong, uh, because there certainly are some things wrong, and I don't, I don't, I didn't hear that. So. All right, who's it's next, over. Dex? Yeah, let's, uh, let's close out with Jared. Jared, what's up, man? You're on Vikings and Bentley. How are you? Where are you calling from? I'm good, guys. Can you hear me okay? Yep, got you. Yeah. Awesome. I'm I'm in uh, Connecticut by way of Fargo. Uh, just to piggyback on what you're saying about the crew and their disinterest in the game, they were eating pizza at the end of the first half before they were even before the first half was over. Um. And uh, sorry, one second. My TV just came unpaused. And, and while he unpauses that TV, or while he while he pauses it, listen, it, I think it was Lou Malnati's. And Lou, Lou Malnati's is pretty is pretty badass yeah. pizza. All right, yeah. No, so I great. didn't I didn't fault them too much for scarfing down some some Lou Malnati's on national TV tonight. All right, go ahead. I do find it funny that they're talking with their mouths full, but anyway, um, <clears throat> I think that uh, it's okay to celebrate this game because this game had uh, a loss going into it, written all over it. It was a Monday night game in <clears throat> at Chicago in a gotta-have-it situation, which typically uh, is bad news. Um, what else? Oh, the other call I thought was weird was when James Lynch had that sack of... Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Of, uh, where he took a, a knee, but like Feels he had no idea he was taking a knee. Right. Yeah, like how so would you know that, that like how would you know that that's a dead ball? I know the, the whistle center, started to blow, but like because the center snapped well, it prematurely, and so Fields took a knee and then Lynch threw him down. I mean, it looked like it looked like 
kid football. It looked like he was to, trying to get up and you run. You have to tackle him if you're Lynch in that spot. I don't fault Lynch, but the whole you thing looked like, yeah. like a sixth-grade uh, football. <laughs> um, I also want to say you got to savor these moments because there's only three games left in the season. Uh, at you know maybe maybe more, but realistically, okay, there's maybe maybe a little more than three games left in the season. And it's a long off season, so I'm savoring these these precious last moments of the season. And I will also say I'm with you guys. I've been a suffering Vikings fan since '98. It's also my goal to see them win a Super Bowl before I die. Um, so I'm just trying to savor every last moment before the season's over. I like it, Jared. Great stuff, man. Yeah, Thanks for coming that. on the show. We'll get you on again sometime. And I think uh, I think Jared brought the right sort of mix there. Yeah, he can still he can still savor the micro while wanting macro. Enjoy the games. There's nothing wrong with be that. Better. There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. And it's amazing. I mean, if the if let's see here, if the Eagles beat Washington tomorrow, then the Vikings will be the seven seed going into the last three weeks of the season. But they probably have to run the table to to. I mean, get in now. Probably, but. It all depends. I mean, a lot of it depends on because people think the Saints are just going to run the table because their schedule's weak. The Saints lost like six games right. in a row before well, last week. And the Rams are a better team than the Vikings, but the Rams play tomorrow. To yeah, the Rams on a short 15. week. Mm-hmm. And then also, there's a there's a whole COVID wild there's a COVID wild card here too. Now they're going to stop testing vaccinated players as often, yeah. right? So yeah, starting with week sixteen, which is what we're going into after. T- after tomorrow night. Okay, so maybe maybe there won't be as much of an impact as there has been the last couple of weeks, but um, unless you're not right. vaccinated, Phil, then there well, could be. And the Vikings have one of the highest. We won't talk un- about that. We never, rates, never so ever talk about that. Could come back to bite them, but um, all right, we got to wrap this here because uh, we got to get some sleep before a big day tomorrow of pie charts, pie charts of praise yeah. off of a big Vikings DJ victory, getting them back to five hundred. Three sacks. Nice game for DJ. DJ Wanham, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate all you guys who've hung out with us tonight for this uh, Vikings therapy session. Even though they won the game tonight, it seemed like most people are just sort of dejected. But um, if this is your first time, welcome. This is Purple Daily and Vikings Ventline. Please click the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel and uh, give a thumbs up on the video if, uh, you know, whatever, if you, if you just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl at some point. Help spread the word about the show. So for Judd over there, for Declan, and everyone who jumped on and everyone who makes this a community of Vikings fans, thank you guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily.